Bonjour amigos. Welcome back to the Fishbowl. Fishbee and I both ecstatic that you're here. Forthcoming. We're about 30 seconds away from me attempting to answer the toughest question Fishbee has ever gotten in the history of this show. Twitter finally checks President Toddler Man. Welcome to the party, at Jack. And if all goes well, I'll invent a new ethnicity. Uh, well, well-timed, well-timed over there, Fish B, on the bass guitar. Yeah. What could possibly go wrong? It's not like people are extra sensitive right now, right? What, what could go wrong inventing a brand new ethnicity? But first, from yesterday, where we barely worked on Memorial Day, what do creativity and spirituality have in common? Toughest question we've ever got. I think first, I have to say, uh, not only is this question beyond me, but I'm a Rost Agno Bud Medi, so I approach these things a little differently. What's a Rost Agno Bud Medi? Little refresher course. 1% Rastafarian, just the weed part. 50% agnostic. 31% Buddhist, which isn't a religion at all. It's a philosophy, a way to approach life. 1% Methodist, just for fun and just in case. And 17% motherfucking Jedi. Or if you prefer, as I do, a Rastagno but Medi. And I feel like I do need to point out that I don't think that everything happens for a reason. I'm not one of those people. I certainly believe in randomness. But I also believe that there seems to be a, at the very least, curious rhythm and order to the universe that is for sure currently and likely always beyond my ability to comprehend, if that makes sense. I, I hope it does. As far as creativity and spirituality and what potential overlap is there, I can only speak from my own experience, and I can tell you that often when I sit down to create something... Um, often I am in both excruciating psychological and physical pain. And when I try to create something, I'm like, fuck, I got nothing. Absolutely fucking nothing. But then the strangest thing happens once I start. Thoughts, ideas, phrases, philosophies, concepts and explanations that didn't previously exist anywhere inside me will pour onto a page or into a microphone or whatever the fuck I'm doing. Doesn't always happen. But if I can get my heart, my head, and my quote-unquote spirit whatever that means to you, to, to, to magically align. And like I said, it doesn't always happen, but when it does, it's strange. The podcast dojo goes away. And probably more profound, my sense of self goes away. And I simply just create. 
And something like the finale, for example, from this show, will basically just magically write itself. Weird, but true. But is that just what happens when our creative mind taps into something called flow or the zone or whatever you want to call it? Or do we all have the ability to tap into a more spiritual realm of what classic philosophers would describe as the ideal? Some serious stuff. And I'm not smart enough to know. I'm just not. But personally, it does feel like I go someplace else when I'm creating something. When I'm, when, when I'm in the zone. When I got the flow. People that know me well uh, even know the look I get on my face when I'm, when I, when I, when I'm in that groove. And it's, uh, it's a different look I have on me. And my oldest daughter used to freak the fuck out on me all the time. She'd be like, Dad, you're doing it again. You're doing it again. And I would, I would basically stop moving. And I would even stop blinking. And I would just be lost. I would be, I would be someplace else. Tapping into another realm where spirituality and creativity overlap. I'm not sure. Again, I'm not necessarily smart enough to know. Uh, random aside, which are my favorite types of asides here. Um, it is easy for me to understand with all that said, how super religious people, when they're creating something, associate that feeling with God or whatever. I say the universe, but maybe that's just semantics. We're arguing over what we think words mean at that point, and we're all just trying to explain the same thing the best way we know how. And believe it or not, that, that, that was the best I could do with the, uh, with the question, what do uh, creativity and uh, spirituality have in common? And with that, Fishby, allow us to proceed to the fishbowl in earnest what is question one, my friend? Are virus party goers that say, quote, if you don't want the virus, don't come, end quote. Are those party goers wrong? You know what? As someone that broke down and went to a rebellious bar a couple weeks ago, I see both sides of this. As, uh, as the Beastie Boys said a million years ago, you got to fight for your right to party. But when they said that, they were also partying eight nights a week and not sleeping until Brooklyn. So you really can't take the young Beastie Boys. That Has everyone watched the Apple TV uh, Beastie Boys doc, the Spike Jones? I mean, that is, that's wonderful, wonderful watch. Uh, uh, anyway, back to other party goers. I'm certainly not convinced of this, but maybe, just maybe, the pandemic plan that would have caused the least amount of pain would have been to put every person of a sensitive population under strict quarantine for six months at a fancy hotel, really wine and dine them, and let all the healthy people run wild, get sick, recover, and bam, herd immunity. 
But uh, I've said it before. I'll probably say it again. I'm no epidemiologist, right? And we obviously didn't do that. So when it comes to party goers, say, if you don't want the virus, don't fucking come to our party. That sounds a lot to me about like uh, what addiction medicine calls, quote unquote, hyperbolic discounting. Extreme overvaluing of short term pleasure. Well, extreme minimizing the long-term pain when making decisions, and suddenly we have to shut everything down again with a death toll higher than it should be. So sorry, Solomon. I'm, I'm splitting the baby. I vote to. I vote to just split the baby, King Solomon. I've uh, I've done it again. What's next, Fishby? Yo, it's me, Fish B. How many butterscotch cupcakes did you eat yesterday? Oh, yeah, my uh, my personal assistant. I haven't had uh, a real great dessert in a long time, but my personal assistant for Memorial Day made uh, made made these uh, made these butterscotch uh, cupcakes. God, they were good. They're so good. They're so gooey, all over your face. Just all over it. Um, five or six or seven, but not more than seven, not more than seven cupcakes. And, and I also, I also had two, a very large, I was very hungry for dessert over the course of the day. I also had a two very large, uh, ice cream sundaes, a uh, hot fudge with, uh, with crumbled, uh, Oreo cookie. And I was looking at, at the vanilla ice cream because we don't get like, uh, I don't know how bougie you're living, but, uh, but here at the, uh, the house where the podcast dojo is, we don't get like brand name shit. We get like, we get like store brand shit. So we get like the grocery store brand of vanilla ice cream. In this case, uh, the grocery store, a parent company is, uh, is, is Kroger. And, and so we got something called Vividly Vanilla Ice Cream. Vividly, that's what flavor, not just vanilla, it was vividly vanilla ice cream. And then that phrase started ruminating around my twisted brain that, as always, is brought to you by a history of mental illness and substance abuse. But I transitioned vividly vanilla to a vibrant vanilla. And then, and then I started thinking about being vibrant vanilla as an ethnicity, kind of how Rost Agno Bud Medhi is a religion of this point of one or a life philosophy of one. I'm, I'm claiming now that because uh, for a while I, uh, I didn't feel comfortable and I was somewhat ashamed, like, like Rachel Dolezal of, of my whiteness. But now I'm ex- not. I'm explaining my whiteness as more a. Uh, I'm more a uh, more a vibrant vanilla. I'm suddenly looking forward to every new doctor office I go to, or every other official legal form I have to decide where you have to declare your ethnicity. And I can't wait to check the other box and then write in a vibrant vanilla. My, uh, my kids have said for a long time that they've got two black parents, and, and I've always believed them. 
but uh, but now I know they're wrong. They have one black parent and one parent that is a vibrant vanilla. Another random aside. Love random sides. Did I ever tell you about the time I was uh, I, w- I was in Florida and I was in a gas station and uh, and and and, and uh, this African American uh, says to me, he's like he's like, yo, I know you're not from around here. And and I think probably everywhere I go, I look like a, I could be anywhere in the world, and I look like I'm I'm not from there because you know I'm I'm a vibrant vanilla. And he says, "Cause ain't no white boys around here dressed with flavor like that." <clears throat> and damn right, my shoe game, my sock game, my short game, my t-shirt game, my watch game, my bracelet game, my hat game, my glasses game—they all came together. In a, in a look that uh, we're just going to go with a vibrant vanilla from now on. So if, if anybody, uh, yeah, 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 get, uh, I got to get on some dating sites and uh, put that as my ethnicity and just, and just enjoy uh, what, what, what I'm guessing uh, uh, the parade of pussy that will ensue once one declares themselves a vibrant vanilla. What's next, Fishby? Has Twitter finally had enough of President Toddler Man? Now, you know what? Twitter did something very, very interesting. And ordinarily, and I stick to this, uh, this, this statement wholeheartedly, as wholeheartedly as I am about the being vibrantly vanilla. Um, I can't think of more boring and lackluster and lazy podcast content than one person reading someone else's tweets. So we, uh, we don't do that here at the fishbowl, but uh, rules are made to be broken, party goers. Because uh, earlier today, uh, Trump tweets out that there is no way, all caps, zero, that mail-in ballots will be anything less than substantially fraudulent. Mailboxes will get rubbed, ballots will be forged, and even illegally printed out, fraudulently signed. The government of California is sending ballots to millions of people. Anyone living in the state, no matter who they are or how they got there, will get one. That will be followed up with professionals telling all these people, many of whom have never even thought of voting before, how and for whom to vote. This will be a rigged election. No way. So Twitter, for the first time in the history of the however many fucking tweets of just erroneous information the president has sent in propaganda that... Trump has propagated via Twitter uh, for the first time ever. There, there, there's a thing at the bottom of this, and it, it's a big fucking exclamation point with a link, and it says, get the facts about mail-in ballots. Well, how about you, Twitter? I don't know if they've finally had enough of President Toddler Man. I don't know that they've checked President Toddler Man, but hey, way to, uh, way to go. Fish B, what is next?
Hashtag Pullman Proud is trending on Twitter. What makes you hashtag Pullman Proud? Are we, are we just going to do a whole fucking show about Twitter at this point? Um, I, I welcome this question, though, because it gives me an excuse to talk. Pullman, Washington, in the Pacific Northwest, Pullman, Washington, is the home uh, to the one, the only, the Washington State University. And this gives me an excuse to talk about Wazoo and Pullman. And asked what makes me most hashtag Pullman proud, I love everything about Washington State University and Pullman, Washington. I love the small town. But what I really love about being hashtag Pullman proud, I love when compared to our more glamorous cross-state rivals, the University of Washington in Seattle, I like comparing and contrasting the two schools because you've got UW with their champagne, caviar, their fancy boats, and freshly pressed slacks. Or Washington State University, a school of bush light and bonfires and an I don't give a fuck attitude and I came to party and get a world class education and an everyone is welcome vibe. You've got uh, you've got one school turns down the music and you got one school that turns it up. I'll let you guess which one that is. You have one school. Terrible traffic jams. And one school where the town is so small, you're just going to walk. You're just going to get some fresh air and walk. You walk from one end of the town to the other in less than an hour. I like, uh, I like Pullman. Hashtag Pullman proud. What's next, Fishby? Why is there such a disparity between Democrats and Republicans regarding Trump's use of a mask? Can, uh, can I make another random aside? Why, why the fuck not at this point? Right, Fishby? Why, why the fuck not at uh, this point? Why not another random aside? Uh, can't it be argued that anyone there wearing that much makeup is already wearing a mask. There's no, there's no virus germs getting, getting in that mouth or nose. They're gonna stick to the right, stick to the makeup. Uh, this is a curious poll, though. Um, between Republicans and Democrats regarding Trump's use of mask, ninety um, percent of Democrats think President Toddler Man should be wearing one. Sixty-six percent of Independents think he should be wearing one. But just 38% of Republicans think President Toddler Man should be wearing a mask because he's got to, you know, project that image of strength. Oh, there is Isaiah's music. Thank you, Fishby. Let's me know that we've reached the end of today's fishbowl. As always, the last question comes from our 10-year-old executive producer, Isaiah the Tiny Player who today writes, What do Chinese people eat for Chinese breakfast in China? <laughs> what, what do Chinese people eat for Chinese breakfast in China? I have, uh, I have never been uh, to the China, but I have on good authority. They don't, they don't have like, uh, like the equivalent of like waffles or, or cereal or something like that. Uh, that the typical Chinese breakfast is, is just whatever leftovers are, are left 
over. Just just leftovers. Just cold leftovers. For a, which sounds good to me. Uh, Chinese food. Uh, can we all agree? Uh, delicioso. Delicioso. Uh, Fish B and I uh, can be found. I'm told. I haven't checked in a while, but since we're doing a whole fucking show about Twitter. Um, at Bob's Fishbowl or at Bob Van Dyne at uh, all your social media locales. Also told that bobsfishbowl.com is absolutely stunning this time of year. And now it is time for what many of you consider to be the best part of the show because it's the end, the joke that never gets old, at least to me. It's time for the artist formerly known as Paleta Bola de Fuego, the paddle ball of fire, and or the finale, kick it, fish beep, Katie Miller, the vice president spokeswoman and strangely attractive wife of Stephen Miller, the Trump speechwriter and evil build-a-wall cage-a-kid immigration mastermind. Katie Miller has survived the virus and is back at work, and she's got a surprise. She's pregnant. And if there's a funny god in comedy heaven, that baby will either be born looking beautifully Mexican or better yet, exactly like Mike fucking Pence. Short of that, we can still mockingly call them breeders, can't we? In Switzerland, sex work is real work and obviously prostitution is legal there because if you're a country that's neutral on war, prostitution would seem like an odd hill to die on. And Swiss ladies of the night just want to go back to work and say if they insist on just going doggy or reverse cowgirl, what could possibly go wrong? And I'm with them. That's our motto. In the forthcoming Netflix documentary series, Jeffrey Epstein, Filthy Rich, a woman who used to be an exploited and abused underage girl accuses former president bad boy Billy Clinton of being at the infamous pedophile island. And Bill Clinton has denied it, and he would never lie about inappropriate sexual contact. And maybe that's just one of the reasons the Hillary doc is over there on the Hulu and not Netflix. And lastly, in case you missed it, because I did, cybersex rapper Doja Cat and boring regular vanilla guy Jimmy Fallon, he's not... No, he's no, he's, he's just he's just regular vanilla guy, Jimmy Fallon, have both been canceled by the Internet. The biracial Doja Cat for using the wrong pronunciation of the N word in some rando chat room and Jimmy Fallon for going blackface on SNL 20 fucking years ago while impersonating Chris Rock. And that was on TV and hashtag cancel party. No one remember that until now. Seriously? Hashtag cancel the cancel party. More fucking hashtags. More fucking uh, Twitter. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Fish B. Quite a, uh, quite a mental workout today. That sweet little crossover between creativity and spirituality. Uh, a little bit of a little bit of housekeeping. A little announcement uh, before before we go today. Uh, you know that uh, this is kind of a, an upside-down week for me because I, I get to uh, fly to Dallas. I get to hopefully, fingers crossed, Mantis is prayed, knock on wood. Still, things could go wrong. Uh, but in theory, uh, later this week, fly to fly to, uh, fly to to Dallas, uh, stay the night next morning. Uh, executive producer flies in, and, and we fly back to uh, the Pacific Northwest together. Uh, tomorrow uh, for the show, 
Um, I believe we're going to try something that we've never tried before in the two and a half years of, uh, of just toiling away in obscurity. Um, we've never, ever, ever uh, directly recycled any content. And, and we're going we're gonna to try to figure out a way to, uh, to do that and still make it, uh, still make it you know, good, right? Uh, certainly not calling it a, a quote-unquote best of because we're just scratching the surface creatively. Like a year from now, I don't think anything we've done thus far would be considered uh, uh, the best of. We pondered calling it not the worst, not the worst of, uh, of, Bob's, uh, of Bob's Fishbowl. But I think, uh, and again, I mean, these things are always subject to change. You know me. But I think I'm going to try to create and assemble the first ever uh, BFB mixtape one. So... Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll see, uh, we'll see how that works out because we might want to do, uh, a sporadic series, so series of though this summer. So, uh, cause, cause life is just different when, uh, when, when my kids are around. So anyways, uh, look forward to that or, or don't hopefully, hopefully come back and, and, and subscribe, follow, like whatever people that do podcasts fucking say, I don't even fucking know. Um, till manana, you know, I love you. Say adios, Fishbee.